Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT. Happy to be here with you every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. You know all about it. The live stream is MixLR.com backslash DT, and you can also find us on the homepage of WakeUpCallDT.com where you can get our archive through the iTunes podcast, Podbean podcast, TuneIn Radio, and our RSS feed. So plenty of ways to listen live and plenty of ways to listen to the archive after the fact. So make sure that you're doing that. I'm happy to be here in the second hour of every Thursday show in the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub and the Penn and Trophy Center. It features myself and Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football, and we are here this morning coming off of our draft. So I officially feel like it's fantasy football season because I am already done with my first draft. My first team is in the books. We are loading them up, putting them in, and letting people do what they got to do to get set for the season. And with that being said, Mike and I were in this first league together. It's our ninth season drafting together down in Florida, and we were on location, on site together, all of us, and for the most part, and and everybody that couldn't be there had somebody drafting for them and making it happen. So I want to thank my awesome, awesome, awesome Florida League of Wake Up Call, and I want to thank my awesome co-host, Mike Sofka, for setting it up, getting us ready, and, and having me just be able to fly down and drive and, and be there set and ready to go. So first and foremost, Mike, thanks for everything that you did for the league. We definitely appreciate it. Yeah, no big deal. It was fun. It was, it was, it was a good time. It was, uh, it was entertaining. It was, um, food was good. Service was good. People were happy. It was a good, it was a good time. And can we give a shout out to our server, Matt, who was with us for five hours? I mean, I think he deserves a shout out. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody took care of him. I think he, I think, uh, you know, he seemed to be a hardworking guy, even if he's a Rutgers fan. We did have him put up the, the draft pick from Rutgers, Mohamed Sanu. He was able to put that decal up. We got video of that, as a matter of fact, I think. Yeah, we got a, a video of him putting up Mohamed Sanu, who went to Mark's team in the ninth round. And, yeah, he kept saying Rutgers. And I said, man, I was like, you're talking to a guy from Syracuse here. But, you know, and I told him in that video, we definitely got to get that video up because I – I made a statement to him in that video. I said, this is the only time you'll ever see someone from Syracuse handing something to somebody from Rutgers in a nice, calm, and collected fashion. But we had a moment. I think that, you know, between Matt and I, we found some peace between Syracuse and Rutgers that's never existed. That's funny. That's good stuff. So we did the draft, and we got the first draft out of the way here in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge down in Florida, and I'm looking at the draft board right now, this this massive, beautiful board that we have, and the first pick was Aaron Rodgers. What did you think about the first pick? Now, Nick, who's in the league, he had first pick here. It was, this is how the 12 went. It was Nick, myself, Lisa, Trey, Dominic, Brennan, Mark, Rick, Mike, who's on the air with us right now, Eric, Stefan, and Jason, and the way that we decide who goes first, second, third, all the way down is that we spin a wheel, and the and the wheel has everybody's names on it. It's an app that I have, and you spin the wheel, and whoever gets off the wheel, whoever gets picked on the wheel first is first, second, third, all the way to the last two fighting for the last pick. And what we do is a snake draft, so we go 1 to 12, 12 to 1, so you always want to be by the bookends. Aaron Rodgers was drafted first, Mike. What did you take away from that? Yeah, I thought it was a little bit early, especially in that scoring system. I thought that, um, you know, I thought it was an aggressive pick. I think that if you're going to take Aaron Rodgers, you could probably get away with the beginning of the third round or even if you want to go early, even at the end of the second. I thought that was a bit premature. But, hey, you know, I, I you know, it may work. You know, I'm, I'm, I always try new stuff. I'm always open to new things. But for me, that wouldn't have been my pick there. And so with the second pick, this was a difficult one for me because, you know, there's a lot of running backs out there, a lot of guys who got taken in the first round of our draft. And if you're listening in right now to Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, thank you. You're in the Fantasy Football Power Hour. Mike Sofka and I are in a league that we've been in in Florida for the past nine years that I started with my show. And we did our draft just recently here this past weekend. I had the second pick, and it was difficult for me. But it was difficult, and it wasn't. And I ended up going with Todd Gurley 
What did you think about about that? Is Gurley the number one choice for you? Is there somebody else that sticks out? How are you looking at the running backs right now? I've tried to look at this a bunch of different ways, uh, you know, a couple different leagues, a couple different scoring systems, and just about every way I can put things together. You know, if it's a, you know, a standard type or even a PPR type league, it's Todd Gurley. He's going an average of the first pick. He's pretty much the first pick. So you got a little bit of value there with the second pick. And, uh, you know, it's, that's good karma when something like that happens to you. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice situation to be in. After that, Ezekiel Elliott was picked up, then Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Elvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, in that order. What do you think about that? And as far as what you've been seeing and, and what you've been kind of, you know, researching and prognosticating, Zeke, then Le'Veon, then David Johnson, then Elvin Kamara, what do you think about that? No, that's pretty much how it should go, in my opinion, on my cheat sheet for most of my leagues. That's that's pretty much the order. You know, it's not pretty much everybody's order, but it's pretty much my order. I thought after Kamara, it gets, you know, flipped around a little bit. I've seen Fournette. I've seen Saquon. I've seen, you know, I've seen Melvin Gordon. You know, so, I mean, after those first five or so, you know, it gets kind of blended depending on your personal thing. But I think, you know, everybody always says, oh, running backs are a dime a dozen. Well, you see the premium on running backs in fantasy because, not every one of those running backs is a bell cow, and not every one of those running backs, you know, get the lion's share of the carries, and you know, they're three down backs, and you know, those are pretty much the guys. Now, Kamara, of course, usually not going to be a three down back. Usually, going to be splitting carries with Mark Ingram, but with the suspension of first four games, I know they're moving some other pieces around there to try to watch his touches. But I still feel good about Kamara. You know, if you get any of those guys in the in the top five you know, that you talked about any, any order, you know, you're, you're going to be fine. That's a good first pick. And when, when you see that, when you see all these guys that are here, I mean, what do you think about Ezekiel Elliott? Because we know that, you know, he can break it out and do some good things in the open field, but we also know that last year he kind of held the team hostage and then Le'Veon Bell, you know, different situation, but also kind of holding the team hostage at times is, I mean, there's a lot of talent there and obviously people in our Florida league, we're not afraid to take them in the wake of call fantasy challenge. But do you think that there is any cause for concern with Ezekiel Elliott and Le'Veon Bell? No, not at all. I think uh, Ezekiel then Bell, Bell then Ezekiel. I got Ezekiel Elliott fell to me at four uh, the other night, and I've got him at five the other night too. So I, I like Ezekiel Elliott. I think it's he's going to have a bigger year. Just He's going to be on the field the whole year, so it's going to – kind of be like a first almost for him without you know injury without you know suspension or any problems like that so I think uh, I think Zeke's gonna pretty much be that offense I think they got some pieces at receiver there that they're still trying to figure out but they're gonna rely heavily on Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas we just got a big was up if you have any questions or thoughts on fantasy football make sure you send them our way the Syracuse in central New York fantasy football drafts inside the wake-up call challenge officially begin this sunday august 26th and they will be sunday august 26th saturday september 1st and sunday september 2nd on location at the wildcat sports pub proudly brought to you by the wildcat as well as the pen and trophy center mike we got our awards i i brought them down i like to hand deliver them that's just the way it is i like to treat florida and syracuse the exact same it's it's just something that it's just how I am. So when I came down with the trophies and we got to see him, the you know you seem to like everybody seemed to like and really take into that Lombardi Trophy and how heavy it is and how real this thing looks. And then the toilet bowl, everybody seemed to get a kick out of that too. What do you, what are your thoughts on the uh, the trophies from the Penn and Trophy Center, which which I think are, are fan favorites and they seem to be fan favorites at the Florida Draft as well. Yeah, they looked great. I thought that, you know, it was nice. They, they looked good. They felt good. You know, it, it was something to be proud of to even hold that. And I know Lisa is very happy with her championship trophy. And I, I know Trey was uh, very amused with the toilet bowl that he got with that uh, great picture that we ripped from Facebook. So, you know, it was, it was a good time, you know, and, and that's what it's about. You know, it's... Yeah, you know, somebody won, and, you know, it wasn't me or you. And, yeah, somebody won a toilet bowl, and it wasn't me or you, and that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm about having a good time and playing against people who are playing. You know, nothing's worse than playing in a league and, 
you know, not everybody's active all year or somebody has a bad draft so they stop participating or whatever, you know, because you're only as good as the people you play against. And if you're not playing against anybody, well, you're not as good as anyone. You know, you got to play against people. And, and that's what makes it fun. You know, it's year round. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy just to be a part of it. No, we definitely are, you know, happy to, I'm happy to have you and I'm happy to be a part of this league nine years counting and, and truly something special here with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. Speaking on our fantasy football draft and getting you ready for yours, Mike, before we get into, we just had a question come in or a, a thought actually to name our top two by position going into the draft in the here and now. We'll do that in a second. I have to ask you this. Your your lady, Miss Lisa Hughes, give her a shout out. She won the championship in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Challenge of 2017-18, and we were able to present her with the trophy. I was able to hand her her Lombardi, and I need to know where she put it in the house and how much she's ripped on you since putting it in the house. Well, she put it in my office, in my eyesight, in my line of vision at all times. <laughs> Nice. So, uh, she's not a big trophy person, neither am I, but at the same time, she made sure that uh, I can see that thing every day, and it, it's fun. You know, we, we, you know, she's a Georgia Bulldog fan, I'm a Florida Gator fan, so, you know, we, we always go back and forth with the magnet on the refrigerator, and, you know, we have little inside stuff like that, but that's what, that's what keeps you know, keeps things going. That's what keep thing, you know, keeps things alive. And I'm fortunate to have a partner that, you know, enjoys some of the same activities I do. She may not have enjoyed it at first, but I think she's kind of grown to like it. And, you know, it's quite evident, you know, and that's not the only hardware she brought home last year. She was in four leagues last year and she won four championships. So I'm very proud that, uh, you know, she's taken on to this. She, she, she doesn't quite have the fever like I have it, but I, I respect her more for that, for, you know, being able to contain herself to just four leagues. I think that's great. And she obviously, uh, you know, takes it serious. You know, if you go 4-0, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, I was going to say, four championships in, in four leagues last season. Was she was she taking some of our advice, or can we give ourselves some credit for that, or was this all her? Well, absolutely. I mean, there was times she was asking me about, you know, starting one guy over another, but she knew where to find all her information. She just goes to my website, she listens to our show, and she knows what to do based on what she's doing. She's She's been learning the past couple years, and, uh, you know, I think, she, you know, I, I'm almost I'm almost starting to ask her. I think I'm going to have an Ask Lisa, you know, corner to my website or something because, you know, that's that's pretty good. Four and oh, four leagues, four championships. I'll take that every day of the week. So I'm, I'm, I'm really proud. I'm really happy for her. That coming from Mike Sofka. We're hanging out here in the fantasy football power hour. Mike, we, we have this opportunity to take a look at, well, for, before we get to that really quick here, your, your, you know, Lisa, your, your partner in crime there and, and somebody who, like you said, has, has shared the, shared the trophy right there in your office so you could see it and whatnot, who's kind of taken into fantasy football, maybe at the first, like you said, dipping the toe a little, not knowing, and and then, you know, obviously taking a hold of it. When she took over the team a few years back, it was she put she didn't like the name of the team that she had taken over and and I told this story about we had we had somebody in our league and they were really negative, really derogatory, bashing everything, complaining about everything. And we kind of all let the personnel like if you don't want to be here, you don't have to be here. You know, we're, we're a family. This is a league of fun. We like being around each other. If you don't want to be a part of this, you don't have to be. And he started making some, you know, sexist slurs and saying some negative things that women wouldn't appreciate. So after the draft, I said to him, I was like, listen, we're taking you out. You know, you can draft as long as you want, but you're done. And I remember that within five minutes after the draft, I had said, does anybody know anybody and you and I were private messaging each other, I believe. And you said to me, I think I have someone. And not only did we replace him, but we replaced him with a woman, and that being Lisa. And she put the title Name Change in Progress and has never changed it. And I feel like it's a good luck charm now. So will she change the name or not? 
No, I, I think you stick with what works, you know. And I, I do want to add, and, and if my memory serves correctly, she won the championship that same first year in this league. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that's how that went down. And, you know, it, it's it's funny. There's some inside joke to that name, name change in progress, and I'll just leave that there. She knows what I'm talking about. But, the you know, it, it was funny. She wanted to change the name of the team, but she couldn't think of a name. So her and I said together, well, let's just put name change in progress. Then when you figure out what team you want, you know, what you want to call this team, you just, you know, spit it out. Maybe it's based on a player. Maybe it's based on some of your favorite things or whatever, your favorite team, whatever. And and she just, a couple weeks went by and I was like, hey, are you going to change your name of your team? She goes, oh, yeah. I said, well, you know what? It's, just leave it. I mean, it is what it is. Go with that. So nothing says, you know, change like, change you know so she she put name change in progress and uh i guess it's still a name change in progress but it's working for her so god bless her no absolutely and we did get a question that came in and i want to get to this question the question is to recap our top two picks by position so i'm gonna i'm gonna put out there because it's on the live feed is that the top two picks by position that actually happened in our draft or what mike and i would consider to be the top two at each position. So if they can answer that question, we would definitely appreciate that. We'll take a fast break. We'll come back. And once we get that answer on the live chat, we'll be happy to answer your question in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Pendant Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is pen and trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt.com. DT. We're inside the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, as well as the Penn and Trophy Center. Mike and I just wrapped up our ninth year drafting together with our crew down in the state of Florida, my second home in the second hub of Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, and the first place that I had a fantasy league that truly stuck and became something special before we brought him to Central and Upstate New York. So much love, as always, to all the great people down in the great state of Florida, including Mike Sofka. And we're talking about our draft and things that have happened and trying to get you all prepared for the upcoming drafts on August 26th and September 1st and 2nd here in Central New York. And we got asked a question about our top two picks 
by position. So I, I will. I'll, what I'll do, Mike, is I'll give our top two picks by position that we actually drafted, and then we'll discuss if we agree with them or not. Does that sound fair? Yeah. All right. So the top two quarterbacks taken in our draft were Aaron Rodgers, number one overall, and then Drew Brees at the end of the first round. Our top two running backs were Todd Gurley, followed by Ezekiel Elliott. Our top two wide receivers were Antonio Brown, followed by Julio Jones, because that came back in the snake part. Our top two tight ends were Travis, oh no, Rob Gronkowski, pardon me, and then Travis Kelsey. And I'm trying to see what else we got here. Our top two defenses that were picked up, Jacksonville Jaguars was number one, and no, I did not take it. I know people are going to ask that. The Jacksonville Jaguars were number one, and then we came back around, and the next defense that was taken, I believe, was the Eagles defense. And then kicker-wise, it was Steven Guskowski. And after Steven Guskowski, I believe it was Matt Prater that was the next one that came off of our board. So that's a look at it. Mike, what do you think? I mean, Aaron Rodgers will start there. Aaron Rodgers won, Drew Brees two. Is that accurate? Is it, you know, interchangeable? What do you think about it? Well, I like Aaron Rodgers, number one quarterback. But, you know, I, I, I'm i going to give it to Tom Brady this year. I know he's old, and I know we're everyone's anticipating the left foot, you know, left shoe to drop and him to hit that wall. I mean, everybody these days hit a wall, Peyton Manning, uh, you know, Brett Favre, everybody says all of a sudden they start to deteriorate and it happens really quick. And I think that did happen to Peyton Manning, but he had some injuries that were holding him up. And Tom Brady with the TB12 thing, I just believe in this guy. I believe he's a winner, and I believe that about Aaron Rodgers. So I like Aaron Rodgers followed by Tom Brady, but I think Aaron Rodgers is far and away the number one quarterback. And I think Tom Brady is, a, you know, a round or two after that. But you know, I think I think those are the top two quarterbacks. Drew Brees, I got him as a top ten. He's number six on my list. So, you know, there's a couple of different other guys that are real close to Tom Brady and Cam Newton and Russell Wilson and, and you know, tied with Drew Brees is Deshaun Watson. So there's my top six, but you know, pretty much you can't go wrong. If you have Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, your quarterback position is pretty well on autopilot this year. Yeah, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers and one of the guys in our draft does have, uh, Nick has Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. That's going to be a, a tough one in the first few weeks to figure out who the heck to start, but it's a good problem to have. And Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, I mean, he's the number one guy to take at the quarterback position. Drew Brees is an awesome second to take. And the thing that was really sad last year is somehow, some way, in one of our drafts here in Central New York, I got Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and I was like, wow, this is awesome. Because if for nothing else, I got them on my team so I don't have to play them and I don't have to worry about them going to Monday Night Football and scoring 30 points when I'm up by seven and somehow beating me. But then Aaron Rodgers went down with an injury and I had to lean on Drew Brees, which wasn't bad. But Drew Brees, you know, it's a different style offense. He's still throwing the ball and doing things. But he's got Alvin Kamara and, and Mark Ingram. So, you know, it's better for New Orleans as a team and better for Saints fans but, you know, with Drew Brees, he's going to get those numbers, but it wasn't as crazy as, as you know, previous seasons and whatnot. So, Brees and Rodgers, I like them both. I'd take Rodgers first, Brees second. We'll go to our running backs. I took Todd Gurley. He was my first pick. I was second overall, and, and I took him, and then Ezekiel Elliott went. We kind of talked about this a little bit, but, you know, bring me into this, Mike. The, the top two running backs in your opinion – and then I will uh, I'll rebuttal that if I need to or agree with that if I need to. So what do you think about the top two running backs right now? Well, the top running back, hands down, just like uh, Aaron Rodgers, far and above the rest is Todd Gurley. And then, um, you know, Zeke Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, those guys are kind of all lumped together, you know, so you can almost flip a coin a couple different ways. But, you know, for argument's sake, I got – Ezekiel Elliott narrowly edging out Le'Veon Bell. So I think it is Ty Gurley and Zeke Elliott. But, you know, if you if you plugged in Bell or Johnson in the Elliott spot, I I, I would say, yeah, that's, that's right as well. So, 
you know, any one of them guys, especially in a PPR league, those guys are the number one and pretty much the primary ball carrier on their teams. There's not too many people behind them. It's not a committee situation. And those are four guys where their offensive lines are pretty good, and those teams are dedicated to that athlete. They're dedicated on running the ball with that guy, and if they can't run the ball with him or if they're not going to run the ball with him, there's a good chance they're going to throw the ball to him. So in a PPR league, any one of those guys is a great addition to your team. Great first pick for anybody. Yeah, I think it's really tough when you're looking at the running backs because, you know, Todd Gurley is hard to say no to. I picked him up a couple of years ago, and it was the Jeff Fisher version of Todd Gurley, which was an awful, off. it was like, it was like if you saw Beauty and the Beast, but it was a knockoff, and it was called Pretty Girl and the and the Ugly Beast or something something ridiculous. You know, Beauty and the Beast, Pretty Girl, and the Monster. You know, that's essentially the knockoff movie. When you look at DVDs and you see the ring and then you see something that says, like, The Circle, and it looks exactly like the ring, and they're hoping that you'll pick it up and that somebody will be stupid enough to take it so that you'll rent it so that they'll make money, even though it's a knockoff. And, you know, with Todd Gurley under Jeff Fisher, it felt like a girly knockoff. It felt like it wasn't the authentic version of Todd Gurley. And then with Sean McVay and opening up the offense, and shout out to Sean McVay because we're like the same age, and I think it's amazing that he's in his early 30s and doing what he's doing with the Rams. But, you know, Gurley, he looked more like himself last year. So this is my second trip with Todd Gurley. I'm hoping it's a better one. But at behind him, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott – my concern with Ezekiel Elliott is the fact that Dallas has lost some weapons, Jason Witten and Des Bryant. Dak Prescott didn't have a phenomenal second season, a sophomore season. He did have kind of a sophomore slump. Well, definitely a sophomore slump. But that had to do with the fact that Zeke was there and not there, and people didn't really know what was going on. So in all honesty, it was it was a kind of a strange year for the Dallas Cowboys because Zeke was – suspended not suspended every single week pretty much until he actually was suspended so I don't know how much you could throw that on Dak Prescott when they're trying to prepare for games and really not having a backup for him so my concern with Zeke is he does have a lot of talent he did look good at the beginning of last season but at the same time this off the field stuff will it creep back into his life will it cause more issues for Dallas and what will Dallas look like without their number one receiver and number one tight end so that's my concern with that Le'Veon Bell I like Le'Veon Bell but again he looks like he's feuding with the Steelers from the outside looking in he's franchise tagged again he doesn't look like this is a good situation from his eyes so I'd probably lean more on David Johnson or Alvin Kamara I think Saquon Barkley is going to creep into the top two picks in some of these leagues and the thing that's really, really, really difficult is that if you get one of these guys we named, you're going to miss out on Leonard Fournette if people are smart. And that's the tough break of it all. So that was something that I realized too late is that when I drafted Todd Gurley, I didn't even think about the fact that I wouldn't be able to swing back and get Leonard Fournette. And this guy, Mike Sofka, got him, and I'm still pretty pissed off about it. Yeah, well, if you let guys drop, you know, somebody's going to swoop in and take them. You, you, you got to kind of know three things, okay? You got to kind of know who you want. You got to kind of know when they're going to go. And then you got to kind of have that luck on your side where you know the room as well. So you, you know the room, know when players are going to go, their average draft position, that is. You know, pretty much you're gonna you're gonna be on your game the whole draft. But when anomalies happen and people get picked out of turn and stuff happens, it, it just happens, and you just have to deal with it. That's why you don't go into any draft with a preconceived notion. I'm definitely gonna get this guy. I'm gonna target these guys. No, just have your act together and be ready to to adjust. Be ready to adapt and adjust. You know, be ready to to do be ready if you know if everybody's taking running backs and you know you're you're nine ten deep on the running back and you're on the turn you might you might need a running back but maybe you take the top two receivers there so now you get the top two receivers and you start a run somewhere else and then you come back and get the same two running backs you were going to take don't chase in a draft don't get sucked into that vortex of a run start the run when everybody's zigging you zag when everybody's piling on and, oh, my God, we better hurry up and take kickers. It's the seventh round. Don't do that. Do your thing. Rank your players. 
go to my site, do your own thing, do your own rankings, do whatever you want, have a plan going in, but not a plan where you're rigid and say, I'm going to take this guy. Have a plan that I'm going to get guys that catch the ball. This is a PPR league. I'm going to get guys that can throw the ball because this is a six-point touchdown league for quarterbacks passing rather than four. Have your game plan that way and have a list of guys that are in tiers. Like, these three guys are the same. These five guys are next. These ten guys are after that. So you know where you're at at any time in the draft. And if things don't go the way you want, it's okay. You create another thing that everybody's going to want. Again, don't fall into it. Do you. Don't get sucked into what everybody else is doing. Draft your draft. Well, and that's the thing, and, and you bring up a good point. You know, speaking here with Mike Sofka inside the Fantasy Football Power Hour here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, proudly brought to you by the Wildcats Sports Pub and the Penton Trophy Center. And, you know, that is a fact of, of draft your draft and don't go in because I did that in the past. I, I did it when I was younger. I had my favorite players and I said, I'm going to go in and I'm going to get Fred Taylor and I'm, I'm going to get this guy and I have to get him. And then when I didn't get my favorite player, you know, or I didn't get my favorite couple players, I sat there and I moped and I was sad and I kind of felt like it, you know, took me off my game and took me off the draft that I didn't get that guy. Like if you're a Giants fan, you don't get Saquon Barkley or, you know, if you're, if you're big on Kareem Hunt and you collect Kareem Hunt cards and you love Kareem Hunt and you don't get Kareem Hunt or, you know, you're big on Jimmy Garoppolo and you miss on Jimmy Garoppolo and you're a San Fran fan, you know, things are going to happen and you need to adjust to it and you need to draft the best possible team that you can. You have to focus. You're not going to get everybody you want to get because the fact of the matter is if you're smart in fantasy, you want to get Todd Gurley, you want to get Elvin Kamara, you want to get maybe Ezekiel Elliott or Le'Veon Bell, you want to get Leonard Fournette, you want to get Breeze, you want to get Rodgers, you want to get Devontae Adams, you want to get Antonio Brown, you want to get Rob Gronkowski, you want to get Travis Kelsey, and the, and the reality of it all is, if you get Kelsey, you didn't get Gronk. Nine times out of ten. Nine point nine times out of ten. If you get Melvin Gordon, you probably missed on Kareem Hunt. If you got Leonard Fournette, you probably didn't get Todd Gurley. If you got Aaron Rodgers, you probably missed out on Tom Brady. So, you know, that's the reality of the game is that you have to know where you rank the guys. Like Mike said, go to his website, HalloFameFantasyFootball.com. Go to my website, the fantasy football page, WakeUpCallDT.com. Look at them. Make your own sheets. Buy a book. Do what you need to do. Because the reality of it all is, I buy a couple books every year, and then I put together my own list. And I bought two bu- two books last year, where some of them, you know, the same guy was number one, or if they weren't number one, they were number two or three. But there was there were times where one book said this guy's seventeen, and then the other book said this guy's seven. So there were these discrepancies, and I like to figure out where they are in the middle of that. If they are seven or seventeen, do I think they're six? Eddie Lacy was ranked in the top 30. I didn't think Eddie Lacy, or he was ranked, I think he was ranked in the top 15, top 20 last year. I didn't think he was a top 50. And I did my research. Proved me wrong. Was he a good running back? No. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where we want you to look, we want you to spend time, and I want you to go to the draft, and I'm sure Mike wants you to go to the draft, with a list of every running back, number one to whatever, how you rank them and your wide receivers, and your tight ends, and your quarterbacks, and go to us for some advice. Let us help you on WakeUpCallDT.com's fantasy football page and on Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. Let us help you, and then put your list together. And don't get hung up on if you didn't get this guy, or you didn't get that guy, or you didn't get anybody from your favorite team. Don't worry about that. If you can look at the board when all is said and done, and you can be proud of yourself, that's what matters. And the reality of it all is... There's going to be some difficult picks, especially as you get later in the draft. And as Mike always says, you want to play against people who challenge you. You don't want to play against cakewalks or people that don't know what they're doing. You want people to challenge you. And this Florida League that we have had for nine years now, that I started back when I was on ESPN 1080, the team in Orlando with the Dan Tortora show, this league, everybody is so, we're, we're just, we're keen on it. And we make it difficult as hell to go up against each other. But at the same time, we ended this draft with wide receivers out there that I would still consider drafting. We ended this draft with running backs that I still have a question mark over. We ended this draft with quarterbacks out there that are still capable. So, you know, it's it just takes 
it takes time to get to know it, engage the room. But like Mike said, don't chase. If people are going nuts on defenses in the ninth round, smirk and go get another running back. Smirk and go get your backup quarterback. Smirk and go get that that tight end that is in the top five, top six that everybody's looking over. Start the trends. Don't chase the trends. And, and Mike, I think that's the biggest advice we can give because people get caught up in it inevitably every year. And I've gotten caught up in it before and I've learned the hard way that you can't be a trend chaser. You have to be a trend starter, if anything. But ultimately, you shouldn't even be looking at the trends. You should be looking at your list and saying, am I, am I getting the best value at this pick? Yeah, absolutely. You want to be the guy that starts to run. You don't want to be the guy that's bringing up the rear. You want to be the person that's ready when it's your turn to pick. As it's coming around the mountain there and and you're coming up in two or three picks, well, why don't you start looking at two or three guys you might take? And even if they're not in the same position, maybe, well, this guy is the last in the first or second tier of my running backs, but you know, the first tier of wide receivers, there's still a guy available. So if this guy is available, running back, great. If he's not, I'll bump over. You know, take, you take advantage. Just be prepared going in and be prepared when it's time for your pick. No one likes the guy that everybody's waiting on. And it's all of a sudden, then he starts a conversation and he's eating and he's like, oh, it's my pick. Yeah, it's your pick. We're all here waiting. So, yeah, don't be that guy. And don't be the phone guy either. The phone guy's the worst. So if you can't make it to your draft, send a proxy. But the phone guy's the worst. But, you know, we did have a phone guy at the draft, and I thought he did pretty good because you were texting him every pick as they were happening. So that was that was sort of like live streaming in a way. So that wasn't too bad. But, um, yeah, always be ready. Have your act together. And you're going to do fine at your draft. Just have a plan, but don't be rigid on certain player names. Yeah, no, absolutely, and it's funny, like you said, you know, the guy on the phone, I had a I had a nightmare person on the phone who is thankfully not a part of the league that, you know, we have up in central and upstate New York. I had a guy that was constantly, constantly bothering, you know, very, very bothersome, you know, very needy. What's going on? Who's the pick? I'm not doing this anymore. Why aren't you telling me? And it's like when I was drafting, he wanted to know, What's the intel? Who should I take? What are people doing? What do they look like? What food are they eating? Is it a nice place? Are they are they having ketchup with their fries? Are they having mustard with their fries? Do they have barbecue sauce? What's it look like outside? What soda are you drinking? And it was so insane that I got to a point where I said, my team is floundering and suffering because I'm trying to attend to the crazy demands of this lunatic on the phone. Fast forward to this year where we had somebody on the phone in our league and I was texting him, like Mike said, I was sending him every single pick in bunches. Sometimes one by one, sometimes a whole bunch, but he knew everybody that was coming on or off and he was either on his computer or on a sheet of paper when he got it for me, just drawing a line, drawing a line, drawing a line, drawing a line. And then I would say, it's your pick. And I think the longest he took was three minutes. There's, but some of the times I'd send it to him and say, now it's you. And I'd see that bubble thing going on my, I'd see that little bubble speech thing moving on my, on my phone and he was ready to go. So, you know, it's always better to be in person. It's always better to be there. I can't stand the people that every single year never come. It's really super annoying. So, you know, you got to make it. You got to be there on site. If not, then understand that if the phone's the best you can do, you may suffer a little because of it. And I tried to do the best I can. I thought that I, I thought that what I gave him was efficient and what he gave me was efficient. I've got to give Nick a shout out because I think Nick, by far, leaps and bounds, was the best phone person that I've ever had. In, in a draft, but you know, there are the crazies. And as I told some of the people that have drafted with me recently, I said, when you're helping someone else pick and you're looking at the sheets they gave you, their cheat sheets, they're, they're the people they want. I said, if it comes down to their pick and your picks coming up and they want the same person you want, never sacrifice your team for them. Because I made those mistakes. I always drafted better for other people. And what do you think about that, Mike? When you're drafting for someone else, which is obviously a situation you don't want to be in. But if you happen to be in that situation, and Eric handled it like a friggin' champion because he drafted for himself and two other people. But when it comes down to who you want and who they want, if it's the same, 
I always think you should lean more on yourself. I mean, is is that selfish or is that accurate? Yeah, I don't really care for that whole thing. I think if you're not going to be there, you need to have a proxy, and that's all they do is draft your team. But it is what it is. You know, I'm sure there's no, you know, ill attempt on anybody's part one way or another it's just you know sometimes stuff happens and you know we adapted and we did what we had to do but at the same time i think you got to put you know the league first i think you got to go for the best player that you have or the best player that they have ranked at that time whether it's a player you're interested in or not i think you just got to do the league right it's just like we talked about, and you even had a question for me at one or two times, and then you said something to me about a player, and I ended up taking him that round. So, I mean, it's honest. I, you know, again, you know, we're all friends here. We're all trying to just have a good time. And, you know, if somebody asks me my opinion on a player or player A over player B, I'll tell them, you know, it's no big deal. It's not a secret. You know, I'm sure you might have the same sentiments. You're just seeing what I feel just to bounce that off. And, and that's okay, you know. So I think – as long as you're always doing what's best for the league as a whole and not one individual, I think I think you're going to be successful in your league as well because, you know, everybody's going to help each other. Now, you know, mind you, I'm not going to call you up on Tuesday the week I'm playing you and say, hey, you know, you're looking tight end and you're, you're looking weak in your tight end department. Why don't you pick this guy up so you can beat me this week? <laughs> I'm not going that far. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, if you ask me a question, I'll give you my answer. And even if I didn't feel as confident in myself as I would, I think even if I was just learning to play, if you asked me that same question, I'd give you my honest answer. Whether the answer would be the same or not, that's to be determined. But, you know, I think that, you know, that's how you learn. That's how you grow. And, you know, again, you're only as good as the people you're playing with. So I think that, you know, we owe that to each other to kind of, help each other but at the same time it's competition you know where it's a it's it's a collective team but individual sport it's it's unique and that's what i love about fantasy football you meet a lot of great people no you definitely do and and there's a lot of positives and a lot of great things and in our league to me i met some of the greatest people that i've met in the last nine years and and i had a lot of fun and, and in my life you know i mean i think the loyalty of all of you in Florida is is tremendous. It's 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 amazing. I mean, I remember sitting there and saying, "Hey guys, you know, this is going to be my last draft down here before you know I move back up north, and I'm not going to be on the radio down here, but I'm going to be doing some cool stuff. It's going to be exciting. I'm always going to keep you guys involved, and you know, and everybody involved. And I said, you know, I will always keep you in the spotlight. I'll always be here with you." And I'll make sure that I am however I can be, and I hope that you guys will be here too. And then to fly down and, and have uh, Jason and I were talking, he goes, did you really fly down all this way just to draft with us? And I said, yeah. And he was just like, wow. And I said, well, I care. I said, I said, I said a long time ago that I will never, even though I'm leaving Florida day to day, I'll never leave Florida and I'll never leave the people that had my back and, and listen to my show and support me because I will always support you. And I remember sitting there having that conversation. I don't know if you remember it, Mike, but I remember it. And I never wavered from that because you're all important to me back then. You're all important to me now. And I just think that the level of respect that we show each other and what we do to help each other, like you said, in the draft saying, oh, okay, you know, yeah, I might be drafting in a couple of picks, but I'll give you my honest advice, or trying to draft the best you can for somebody else. And, and don't get it twisted. You know, if I'm drafted for other people, I, I want to make sure they get a good team. And I've just paid more attention to my team because I used to draft for them and forget about myself, and you can't do that. But, you know, I, I go back to that day where I said, I won't be here every day, but I'll never not be here. And I think I think I owe you all a, a you know a, a giant thank you. I mean I know I said thank you many times, but it's it's just I don't think that they make better better fans of the show, listeners of the show that ultimately end up becoming friends. I think that's truly something special. Yeah, you you know you'd be surprised. I meet people from all over the country and all over the world playing fantasy football, and it's. You know, it's a joy. It's it's great because you get to see or get at least get to understand where other people are coming from or other viewpoints, and then you get to know people that way. So it's 
it's pretty exciting that way. I, you know, I love the sport and I, 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 I call it a sport because I think it takes luck. It takes skill and, you know, it takes reaction. It takes, there's a mental part of the game and you ask a lot of professional athletes, they'll tell you that, you know, the mental part of the game is the biggest part of the game. And that's definitely what you're dealing with in fantasy football. And, you know, it brings, it brings the game to another level and it brings, you know, interaction with people to another level as well. Now, don't get me wrong. There's always those people. There's always that guy. We all know who I'm talking about. So, you know, you try not to be that guy and you try not to have too many interactions with that guy. But, you know, it is what it is. It's just like life. It's a slice of life. You're going to meet people of all shapes and sizes and you just, you know, hope to do the best that you can for yourself and the people around you and, you know, hope for the best. Absolutely. That coming from Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. We're inside the Fantasy Football Power Hour, and we're continuing on here with wide receivers. First one off the board, always seems to squeak his way into the first round, is Antonio Brown. After Antonio Brown went Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham Jr., Michael Thomas of the Saints, A.J. Green, Keenan Allen, and then Devontae Adams. What are your thoughts on this, Mike? I thought I got a steal at the end of the second round getting Devontae Adams, who officially was the 23rd pick of our draft. I thought that that was a steal. What did you think about how the wide receivers shook out, and do you agree with the order of Antonio Brown, then Julio Jones, Hopkins, Beckham, Thomas Green, Allen, uh, Keenan Allen, that is, and then Devontae? Well, I've liked Antonio Brown for many years. I thought he was the number one player of fantasy for quite a few years. And depending on your scoring system, he still may be. But he's definitely the number one wide receiver. Uh, edged out DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion, not Julio Jones. I think Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, you know, through that uh, new offense they had there, I kind of struggled with that last year. And I, I think that showed. And you know, if you were invested in any Atlanta players, you didn't get the production you were hoping for, not until the end of the year anyway, and it was a little bit too late at that time. I got Julio Jones ranked number four, and it's a distant four from Antonio Brown. So I think DeAndre Hopkins is right behind Antonio Brown. I think a healthy Deshaun Watson all year this year is going to serve him well if, if Watson can stay healthy and if he truly is back 100%. I, I, I think Hopkins is going to be a top receiver and could push for that number one spot. So I think Brown or Hopkins, you can't go wrong there. Then I think there's a little bit of distance where you got Beckham and where you got Julio Jones followed by Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas. And where you took Devontae Adams, I think that was right on time. I think you got him. You know, actually, I have him ranked number 24 overall, and he's my number nine receiver. So you got a little bit of value there. He's going to average draft position of second round, seventh slot. So, yeah, you did well there. And, you know, the one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to go backwards. You don't want to start picking guys too early. That's the thing, you know. And and you know what? If you know you're not going to get a guy for 20 picks because you're on the turn and, you know, it's going to take a while to get it back to you, then so be it. Take a guy early because you believe in him. But make sure that guy is going to be a difference maker on your team. Make sure he's going to have that big separation. Make sure it's a guy who distances himself from anybody else. And that would be any one of the guys we're talking about here. Anyone in the top two has pretty much distanced themselves from everyone else. And that's what you want because it's based on value and it's based on where you're getting that value. It's just like anything else. When you go buy a luxury item, a car, a boat, a TV, whatever it is, if the value exceeds the price, you buy it. You snap it up. But if the price exceeds the value, if what you have to give up for it is too much for your return on it, then you don't buy it. Or sometimes you're stupid and you do. You just got to be smart. It's like being a savvy consumer. You got to know the price of everything and you got to know the value of things. It's one thing that the, that this guy cost a first-round pick, but he's a third-round talent. That's not smart. Well, this guy's a third-round pick, but he's a first-round talent. That's what you want. Yeah, and, and one of the one of the things that was kind of shocking and surprising, but maybe not, is that Des Bryant was chosen in our draft. There was a bunch of guys that are free agents that were available. We had our stickers ready to go, and Des Bryant was one of those stickers with the NFL shield on it. He was drafted in the 
let's see when he was. I believe he was drafted in the fi- it was the fifteenth round. So he was drafted in round number fifteen at the top of round fifteen. What do you think of that? Well, I think timing is everything. I think during that draft he was still flirting with um, Cleveland, and I think he's still flirting with Cleveland. And now he's dropping hints about playing elsewhere. You know, if you saw Hard Knocks, you saw his visit there. I think the reason why Cleveland still may be anticipating doing something there, but they don't have to rush. They know there's, they know they're that last girl by the wall on, at the dance. You know, she not going anywhere. Nobody's asked her yet. Nobody's going to ask that sort of thing. So they're going to come back to that once they get a better grip on their receiver situation. Or maybe that was all just poison posture. Maybe that that's not what they're doing. You, you truly don't know sometimes with the NFL. And if it's the late rounds and, and you're pretty set and you got all your starters and, you know, you're like, hey, I'll take a chance on this guy because, you know, maybe he'll hit. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with that. There's quite a few guys I found, especially in a receiver position this year, who I'm willing to do that with. I'll give you a couple names. Cameron Meredith, D.J. Moore, Michael Gallup, Keelan Cole, Anthony Miller, Chris Godwin, Christian Kirk. Cortland Sutton. These are all guys with tremendous upside. They're not getting drafted very high. Geronimo Allison, D.D. Westbrook. These are all guys that, yeah, take a chance on these guys. Late in the draft, why not? That's when you take a chance. You know why? Because you're not heavily invested. That's a guy that you could cut next week for somebody else who looks better, and you wouldn't skip a beat. But you might think twice before you, you, you cut that guy you drafted in the first or second round because you made a mistake at the draft. So, yeah, if you're going to take a chance, take a chance at the back end of the draft. You know, be, you know, be courageous there. Go ahead and take some long shots. What do you got to lose? Yeah, absolutely. And when you get that deep in the draft, especially with a bunch of intelligent people that are inside of our Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge Florida League who seem to know each other's brains, and that's the crazy part of it is how many times we said when somebody drafted somebody, somebody else at the table was like, oh, I was thinking of that next. Oh, I was going to do that in two picks. Oh, I thought he'd come back to me. You know, so it, it is worth taking a shot and seeing what happens. And like you said, Mike, you know, when you get him in the 15th round and he's your second to last receiver that you choose, who cares at that point? I thought it was interesting that in round number, let's see where we were at here, it was round number 13. 13th round out of 18 because we draft 18 rounds in a wake-up call fantasy football challenge. In the 13th round, I drafted Alan Hearns who is the starting, as of right now, in my opinion, number one wide receiver in Dallas. I got him in the 13th round. Then I got Cortland Sutton after him when it came back around to me. And Cortland Sutton's got some tremendous hands. I covered him at SMU and got to spend some time with him with that. And he was round 14 for me. DJ Chark, who is a rookie with the, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, he was my 16th round pick. So, I mean, there's there's opportunities and there's, you know, guys that get picked up late. I mean, Naheem Hines, I like that pick. Trey took him. Naheem Hines was chosen in the 16th round, who, who is kind of that hybrid running back wide receiver who's coming out of NC State, who I covered in, in the, my coverage of the ACC. You know, Austin Hooper was drafted in the 15th round. He's the starting tight end in Atlanta. It's put up or shut up time. Eli Manning, who now has a better line and a better running back. And hopefully some healthy wide receivers. He was drafted in the 16th round by Rick. You know, we look at, I mean, you go up and down this board and you look at the value that happened and the value that was picked up late. I mean, you took Kalen Balage from Miami in the 15th, in the 16th round, Mike, and there's an opportunity for him to be something and potentially turn into something. And sometimes these 15, 16, 17 round, 14th round people can turn out to be something special. You got Spencer Ware in case anything happens with Kareem Hunt or they utilize him. Michael Gallup, I thought was a great steal that you just mentioned that I was looking at taking. It was him and Cortland Sutton that I keep looking at because I think that they have an opportunity to become something in their rookie season, and I think a lot of people will pass them over. Geronimo Allison was picked right after you took Gallup. I mean, there, there, uh, there's a lot of opportunity out there. Martavis Bryant was picked up. In the 15th round of our draft, he's with the Raiders now, not the Steelers. We'll see what he can become. Baker Mayfield and Cleveland's 
quarterbacks were taken in the 13th round. That'll be an interesting pick to see how that shakes out. So there's a lot of things that happen in our draft later on that were, you know, pretty special. And I think that we may end up finding that those that save our save our weeks or maybe save our season are guys that we picked up in the 15th, 16th, 17th round of the draft. Yeah, well, that's why you wait to draft your defense and you wait to draft your kicker. Those should be your last two picks. Unless you're in some sort of exotic scoring system with multiple defenses and there's 16 teams and you just do the math, you're going to run out of defenses. You better snatch some. But, you know, if you're in a defense, you know, even a 14-team league, there's 32 teams. You're going to get probably a top team defense. That's the upper half. I'll tell you what, I took a defense, and any, any draft I've done so far, I took a defense in my second-to-last pick, and I took my kicker last like I always do. And you know what happened? I got a defense no worse in each draft, no worse than number seven on my rankings. And I waited to the very last pick I had. So I could have wasted that pick in the 14th round, the 15th round, the 13th round, and missed out on a guy like a gem that may be a gem. And we don't know yet. It's, there's a lot of guessing. But I'd rather guess on the gem. I'd rather put my money on the highly skilled, unproven rookie that's in a good situation and that's at an outstanding camp and looks good in preseason. Maybe they're in a position like a Michael Gallup where there's not really – there's Alan Hearns and that's it, you know. I don't trust a Cole Beasley. I don't trust a Terrence Williams. So you take a chance on those guys. That's the difference between winning and losing because you want to separate yourself from everyone else. And if I take a guy that late in the draft and he proves that I should, I could have taken him with the scoring he does this year – with my second wide receiver selection or my third wide receiver selection, guess what? I just stole the draft with that late-round back-end value. Go ahead, draft the defense, because I'll draft the defense one behind you with my very last pick. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. you know. And I've said that for a while. You know, kickers and defenses, yeah, the Jacksonville defense, I get to see it all the time. You know, and in my coverage of the team, I get to talk to the guys. I love how they've come up. I love what they're doing. I love Doug Marone's system. I loved, you know, what Todd Wash is doing and that, that Doug kept him as D coordinator for the Jaguars. But at the same time, again, if you don't get your favorite team and you don't get your favorite this and your favorite that and whatever, you got to move on. And that Jaguars defense was drafted in the seventh round of our draft, which was 10 or 11 rounds before I would have done it. So what did I do? I drafted mine in the 18th round, and I got the Denver Broncos with Bradley Chubb, who I covered at NC State. And Denver Broncos, you know, and for me, it's like, and whatever. If Denver Broncos don't work out for weeks one, two, and three, I shed them. I go find somebody else. Or if I like a defense that's out there, I go get another defense. But it's just how you look at things, and that's what I did. I drafted my kicker 17, my defense 18, and I'll either do 17, 18, or 18, 17, whatever it may be between kicker and defense will be interchangeable because ultimately one of these between your kicker and your defense may have a 12-point week, a 15-point week. But more often than not, they're going to have a 7-point week or a 9-point week or a 10-point week or a 3-point week or a 2-point week or maybe 1 point. They're not the ones that are going to win your games 9 times out of 10. Those are your running backs. Those are your quarterbacks. Those are your wide receivers. Those are the ones you lean on the most. So when you're taking your defense in round number five or round number nine and you're laughing at everybody because you got the Jaguars or the Seahawks or the whatever, I'm taking my running back that's my third running back that could be my first. I'm taking my quarterback that's going to start for me every single week except for the bye week. So you just have to look at the situations and the scenarios and understand, like Mike said, if you draft your kicker or your defense – in the second to last or last round of your draft, you're going to be probably one to three points off of who was taken in round number nine. And I'm pretty confident that your third or fourth running back or receiver, your flex guy, is going to do more for you week to week than your defense or your kicker. 
because I'm not relying on my kicker to score 15 points on Monday Night Football. But if I have Antonio Brown, then I'm leaning on that. If I have Cortland Sutton going into Monday night, and yeah, he's a rookie wide receiver, I'm more confident than he gets 15 points because he gets a point for every 10 yards in our league. So if he gets 100 yards, I got 10 points. He gets one touchdown. I got 16. I needed 15 to win. I won. He's got to get one touchdown and 100 yards receiving, which if he's a good receiver, he should be able to do that. So that is something that you have to look at. You have to break it down by the points. And unless you're in a league that gives a kicker 17 points per kickoff or, you know, 20 points a touchback or whatever the hell it is, unless you're in some upside-down kicker league, there's no way in Sam Howell that a kicker is going to save you. So if you're taking them early, you're wasting a draft pick. And people like Mike and I will come up right behind you and take somebody that we think could be somebody gladly, knowing that you just left us a wide-open door to do so. It's as simple as that, Mike. Yeah, you you, you just got to be smart. You got to be on your toes. You got to, you know, hopefully, you know, this this will help you in your drafts. And, you know, if you have any other questions, you hit me up on my website. I try to get back to every question that people send me. And, you know, I appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, go to the site. There's a bunch of free stuff there. You know, not just the top two. I got the top ten. And this weekend, I'm probably going to be releasing. I don't have the date set yet. It's probably going to be Saturday or Sunday. I'm not only going to release my top players again and re-up that and readjust it, but I'm also going to provide the average draft position. In other words, where you should be looking for these guys in the draft. I know I talk about it on the radio, but maybe it's 2 o'clock in the morning when you get off work and you want to take a look at it. You know, so you know, listen to the podcast or go ahead and – and, and hit me up on my site and look at my free rankings that I have right there on the site, and you'll know where to take guys or where guys should be going. Now, I can't speak for a situation. You know, I was in a draft the other day. Somebody took Jimmy Garoppolo, number one overall. <laughs> I wanted to fall off my chair. I mean, I like Garoppolo. I think he's got a lot of upside. I think he's going to have a great year, but that's an eighth-round pick. That's not a first-round, first-pick type thing. And I don't know. Maybe the guy knows something I don't. Maybe he's going to prove me wrong. That's yet to be determined. But don't be that guy. Don't be taking guys like that too early. You might as well just donate your money if you're playing for money. And if you're not playing for money, in week five, you're going to be disinterested and you're going to do everybody in the in the league a disservice by your lack of attitude about playing. So I just, you know, just – just be smart. Use your head and uh, do the right things, and don't ever draft your kicker before the last round. Absolutely, and that is something that we can tell you every single year. See, some of these things you got to change every year, but in this case, we don't have to. Like running backs are back to being a commodity right now. So that being said, Mike Sofka, Mike, really quick, Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey. I would venture to say that either one of these you're happy with if you get them. There, there are some guys that I got to pick up. Yeah, Evan Engram that I, I got a little bit earlier than I wanted to. I drafted him in the fifth round of our draft, but then I waited until almost the end of the draft to get O.J. Howard, which I thought was a great steal. O.J. Howard, Evan Engram, young guys who are both, you know, came in recently to the NFL. Tyler Eifert went late. You got George Kittle to the latter part, the back half of the draft. David Njoku went right about the middle. What do you think about the tight end position, and, and is there more value? Because to me, I feel like there's a, a few more names than just the Gronkowskis and the Kelseys if people start to freak out if they miss out on those. Yeah, when I give a number one in any position, they're a solid number one. It's not like they're inching somebody out. All my guys have pretty much distanced themselves from everyone else. And, you know, early on I would have been going with Kelsey because there was some talks about Rob Gronkowski possibly retiring, discontent within the organization, that he was following the TV 12 program and that's not what they wanted. Then it was contract talks. And then there's the reality that Gronk is going to get hurt. It's going to happen. That's what he does. He plays with reckless abandon. That's what makes him so great. He's distanced himself from everyone else, and he is, without fail, the number one guy. And at about a point a week, or actually two points a week, 30 points behind what my projection is for Gronk is Kelsey. And that's quite a distance. But then when you consider Kelsey's 30 points above Ertz and Olsen and Jimmy Graham and Evan Ingram and Delaney Walker and Kyle Rudolph, then you realize that Kelsey's closer to Gronk than he is far away. So if you can't get Gronk, you get Kelsey. But, 
you know, I, 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 I'm not, I think tight end is relatively deep. I, I like guys. I like my guys that I got in that draft, George Kittle. I, I think you can get away with getting a, a tight end, a quality tight end by waiting. You know, if you can't get the top two, that's okay. Just don't overdraft. Don't get caught in that vortex of a run and do you. And if, you know, if you already got your starters, you know, at, at wide receiver and running back and, and even quarterback, maybe then you start to look at tight end. You might want to look at tight end before quarterback even because quarterbacks relatively there's a big clump of guys stuck together there. So you're gonna you're gonna do well with with you know any of the top ten tight ends. What you don't want to do is you don't want to get shut out and you don't want to start taking Gronk with your first pick. All that stuff's pretty stupid right now. So you know don't do that. I think if you can get Gronk in the third round, his average draft draft positions the end of the second round. And the average draft position for Kelsey is right after that, at the beginning of the third round. I think you're going to do okay. So I think if you can get one of those two guys, you're going to have a great season. But look at guys like Greg Olson. All he does is lead the team and catches when he's healthy. Look at a guy like Jimmy Graham, who looks like he's going to be a touchdown machine for Aaron Rodgers. Look at a guy like Zach Ertz, who now that Dallas Goddard is there, and now that you know Trey Burton's gone, maybe things are going to loosen up for him. Maybe he can stay injury-free. <laughs> Look at that guy like you picked in Evan Ingram. Tremendous upside. I saw him coming a mile away last year, and I like him a lot. So, you know, there's some tremendous talent there at tight end as well. So I think you get one of those top two, great. But if not, you're going to be okay as long as you get one of those other names. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some good players out there and some good value out there, as Mike had said. That is our advice for this week, Fantasy Football Power Hour. You can go and check today on the archives. I'm going to be updating everything so you get more fantasy football stuff. You can get all of our shows on wakeupcalldt.com by clicking on the Fantasy Football page at the top of the website or by scrolling to the bottom of the homepage of wakeupcalldt.com to the quick links that will bring you right to fantasy football. Every single team, every single division broken down by division, by show, so four teams per show by division, all available to you right now on wakeupcalldt.com on the fantasy football page and, of course, on Hall of Fame Fantasy Football. Dot com. Mike, as always, I appreciate it. Love drafting with you. I love that this board is sitting here with me right now. And you got me amped. You got me pumped. You got me ready for the rest of the drafts coming up. So looking forward to a lot of fun. And if anybody needs us, you can always get a hold of us by going to Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com for Mike. And, you know, for me, you can email me at FantasyFootballDT at gmail.com or go to WakeUpCallDT.com and send us something over there. Mike, as always, I appreciate you, brother. All right. Thanks, Dan. We'll talk next time. All right. Take care.